because uh, I'm by myself um, and it's well I do sing by myself sometimes but um, most of the time you know I just come here and get to it when I'm by myself so welcome to this is 30 podcast my name is Jernique I'm your host and in celebration of morning voices I have come to you this morning freshly awoken with my morning voice and I don't think it sounds too crazy but it might sound a little crazy and it might get it's gonna get clear <laughs> as the minutes go by but yeah we I think we were talking about that last episode and look at me I just like I got out of bed and I was like I need to record um so happy Monday shout out to everybody listening I hope you all are well I hope you all are blessed, you know, feeling good, feeling great. Um, I um, recently read this book and it's called Homegoing. And it's by, I think her name is pronounced Ya Gyasi. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have never read this book, I re- and you are black, especially, um, I really encourage you to read this book because I'm just telling y'all, the book changed my mind. It changed my, my thoughts and... I really, I don't want to say I dislike reading um, black fiction that is, um, that is, that highlights the slave trade and racism and, you know, Jim Crow and things of that nature. Um, I wouldn't say I dislike it, but sometimes it bothers me because it shifts your energy. Like as a black person, I don't know if other people experience that. I'm sure you guys do. Uh, reading these things, watching these things, it really shifts your energy. And you feel like, damn, I was born in the right time or I was born in the wrong time. Like, damn, like I didn't have to, I didn't have to experience these things. And then sometimes you feel like, damn, I'm privileged because I didn't have to experience these things. Maybe I should have experienced these things so I could really understand, you know, the plight and the fight of black people. But Homegoing is a really good book. Um, It's similar. It's very similar to Roots. If you've watched Roots, um, because it kind of like follows the lineage of two sisters that two half sisters that don't really know about each other. But I would say it's a little bit more, it goes into more depth than the roots and it goes very far into, um, lineages. I think it even goes to like current times. Um, that's what I assume. And then because it's a book, I feel like it allows your imagination to wander a bit. Yeah, the book aspect definitely, like, um, just allows you to, like, create images in your mind, which makes it a little bit more, I would say a little bit more interactive. Um, But, I mean, I'm not trying to bore y'all to death with book talk, but it's it's a really good book, and it's written by a a Ghanaian-American girl. Um, And I think it was her first novel. Um... So it's just, um, I don't know. I read that book and then this morning I woke up and on Instagram I saw a clip of Ruby, like a Ruby Bridges interview. And I'm like pissed again, yet and still. Um, because I'm just like, I don't know. When I see all this country is going through, 
when I see the fact that um, it's taking us forever, and I know like the mail-in and you know paper trail and all of this stuff made things weird, but when I just see that it's taking us forever to find out who the president is, and I'm just bombarded because my timeline is, um, although my timeline is very liberal, I do have a couple of, um, you know, um, narrows on my timeline and they're just like screaming, um, all day, all, all, all day long about how this is a rigged election. Joe Biden is cheating. There's no way he's winning. Um, there's a uh, voter fraud, uh, counting the ballots is fraudulent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with all of this going on, whenever I see like little clips about our history and stuff of that nature, it just makes me more mad because um, I already don't trust the United States of America. Um, and I say that with like respectfully, <laughs> like I'm here, I live here, I eat off the United States, but I don't trust either side. And I think I make that very clear on a lot of prior episodes. I and I of course I don't want Trump to win, but Biden, like I've said many times too, is no better. And I really just hope that we can hold him accountable, you know, for the things that he is promising um us and the things he's really gonna do for us. I, I really hope that our voices don't end here. Um and I really hope that as people are, you know, being hype about Biden winning and Trump taking his L in like a man, I really people, I really hope people remember that he wasn't the best of choices either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want an answer at this point. I want them to tell us who's the president so we can start moving in the direction to, um, to better everybody to better all people, you know? Um, so I don't know. I really, I'm confused by what I just said, but I hope it made a little bit of sense. Um, but yeah, happy Monday. How's everybody doing? I hope you guys are well. Um, I had off this week because usually in Irvington, the first week of November, um, it's a election day, like the first Tuesday of November. And then the, the first Thursday and Friday of November are typically the teacher conferences that take, take place in Atlantic City. So we usually get the whole week off and they just call it fall break. Um, so I've been chilling like a villain tied down, no silly, you feel me? Um, I've been reading a lot, watching a lot of TV cleaning a lot um I really had a really peaceful week like I did not I don't know I didn't drink I didn't eat out I didn't go out I really just really just sat in my crib took care of business if I left my house it was to run errands um and I'm just it was very peaceful it was very somber um I enjoyed it I don't think I've ever had a, a fall break like this before. Um, so I'm happy um, that that happened. But yesterday while I was cleaning, um, I came across uh, a summons from my old building <laughs> um, when I was living in East Orange. 
And this was a summons because I was late on rent. I was late on rent. I was backed up and they took me and my good, my good cousin, quietly, um, to court because we were back uh, on rent. And I decided that today I'm finna have story time um, because I don't think, I might've mentioned it, but I don't think I ever told y'all the story of how I got kicked out of an apartment that literally cost me $500 a month, <laughs> five years ago. Um, so I'm gonna try and make this story very short. Um, and I guess the reason I want to tell this story is because I feel like sometimes, um, like when we see things or when we're reminded of things, they really show us how far we've come and how, like, I feel like I read this all the time. Your life could change in one year. Your life could change in six months. And when I read it or when I see things like this, I believe it, but I don't feel like I believe it in actuality. I just be like, I be like, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. But when you really sit and think back on your life and think on how many circumstances that you've experienced, um, whether they be good or bad, and how quickly those circumstances may have changed, especially the bad ones, um, when you really thought there was no way out, it's very true. Your life could change in six months to a year. And... um. In 2016, I moved to East Orange. And I moved to East Orange with Quatley. Quatley had been living, I'm telling Quatley business, but Quatley had been living in East Orange in this complex for, I want to say, about a year. And I had been living with Pearlene and Elizabeth, and I decided that I didn't want to live there anymore, and I wanted to move in with Quatley. So um, I moved in with Quatley. We just basically moved within her complex, but we got a two-bedroom. It was it was small, it was dainty, but it was ours, and it was a split of $500. So I think Quatley was saving money, and um, I was paying slightly more than I paid when I was with Pearlene. Not much, not by much. So it was awesome. And then, you know, I was living my life. I was doing... I was working two jobs at the time. Um, and to give y'all some context, I was a teacher's assistant and I was a pharmacy technician at CVS. So in 2015, I was 26 years old and I had a master's degree. I had a bachelor's, I had an associate's, and I could not find a job in my field, although I had been trying so hard. I could not find any work and I was like, yo, and by the grace of God, I think Joanna told me about this teaching assistant job um, in Irvington and Maplewood school districts. And I applied and I got it. And um, so at this time, I'm 26. I'm making probably I would say like a thousand dollars with my teacher's assistant job every two weeks. Um, and then um with CVS, I probably was bringing in like $400. It would range like maybe 
three to five hundred dollars every two weeks, just depending on how often I worked. Um, because some weeks I will work more, some weeks I will work less. Um, so yeah. Um, so I was pulling in about fourteen hundred, let's say, every two weeks, and at the time, that was fine. Like my rent was five hundred dollars. I could pay my bills and I could do a little bit of saving. And while, like, after becoming a teacher's assistant, you know, my the teacher that I worked for or the teachers whose class I worked in, you know, they started telling me, girl, you got your master's. It's nothing for you to, like, get a teacher's license. Like, just go ahead and get that done. And I was just like, uh. I, I knew I did not want to be a teacher. It was never in the plan. And I was like, uh, I don't know. So they just kept telling me, they was like, girl, you could be making some decent money. Just do it. It, it could be even something you do while you're waiting to get the job of your dreams in media or television or whatever. And I finally gave in. But like giving into this process, I had to do so much. The process to becoming a teacher, let me tell y'all, is annoying, it's long, and it's very costly. It, I would say it costs at least $500 or more to become a teacher because you have to do a lot of steps. So when I decided this, I decided to take out a personal loan. I took out a personal loan, and I want to say the loan was probably for like $1,500. Um this was because I think I just, I wanted to be able to pay for all the things I needed to pay for to get this teacher's license um, and not not let my income be, you know, affected. I thought this was a smart decision. And um, to become a teacher, like you have to take a, a, a like a 24 hour course that's like two or $300. Then you have to take like a writing and speaking test, at least for the, the certification I was going for. You have to take um, another test. These All these tests cost money. Um, then you have to take the praxis. Um, you got to get your transcripts, get all this documentation, get things um, notarized. Um, you have to take a praxis. That praxis costs probably, I think, 150 And then... You have to apply for the certification, which costs one seventy. So y'all add it up, but it's it's not cheap. So I was like, yo, I need a little bit of cushion to do all this stuff, you know. And I got the personal loan. And at the time, like I said, I was also working for CVS, and I was making ten dollars an hour at twenty six years old with a master's degree. Um, as a pharmacy tech who had worked for the company for about, I would say about three years at this point. And I was like a really, really, really good tech. Like, and I'm not saying that like, because it's me, like I'm saying like, you could really ask any pharmacist I worked with. I was like an upper echelon tech. Like if you knew Journey was coming in with you, 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 and you were a pharmacist, you, you took a breath of like, you know, like peace. You were like, okay, I'm gonna be okay today because I have Journey. And you know, I had I had switched locations. I had started working at CVS in Florham Park, and I switched to Elizabeth when I lived in Elizabeth. So for some reason, that switch put my raise on hold when it was supposed to happen. So long story short, it's probably I would say. I don't even know what year this is. I'm 20. I was, it's probably 2006. 
I mean, 15, yes, it's 2015 or 16, I think. And I was waiting on a raise from CVS because I'm like, dog, I need to at least be making $12, $13. And I was owed two raises. So CVS, like, raise time came and CVS gave me like a 60 cent raise. And they was like, yeah, this is what we gave you. And I was like pissed. I was so pissed that I quit. I was mad as freak. I was just like, I can't believe I work so hard for y'all. Um, my boss speaks highly of me. Everybody speaks highly of me. And y'all give me 60 cents after making me wait a year and a half for a raise. I bet I put my two weeks in. That wasn't the smartest of decisions because truthfully, I could not. It, it just wasn't smart. I just feel like even now. You should have multiple streams of income or multiple ways to make money. Um, if you have a a side hustle, if you have a another um, talent or um, craft, please hold on to it because this life that we living in, a lot of things come at you fast. So. I was I'm I made that decision out of anger and I shouldn't have. Like I think that I'm proud of myself for standing up for myself because sometimes you do have to do that. But I also think back and I'm like, you made that decision out of anger and you really you really couldn't afford to make a decision out of anger um when you did. So I quit CVS and because I had this personal loan and some of this money sitting like in my savings account, I'm like, I'm Gucci. You know, I still make a thousand dollars with my job every two weeks. I think I'll be okay. As soon as I quit CVS, my main teacher's assistant job uh, decided that they were going to start taking out uh, pension money from my check. Now, I had been working for this company for almost a year, and they had never taken pension out of my check. So not only when they started taking the pension out, they, they took regular pension and they took back pension. This was like reducing my check by like three, $400. The first time I looked at it, I was like, what is going on? My check was like $600. I've quit CVS and now I've dropped my income now by literally, if we add it all up, by like $700 within like a month. So I'm just like, what in the hell is going on? Like... I'm not going to be able to survive and I damn sure ain't going back to CVS, you know, that pride, but like it was a rude awakening and I was, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm prepping for this teacher test. So I'm like, you know what? I'm about to get my cert and everything is going to be fine, you know, and this is all taking place. Like I would say like right before the summer. So I still had a little bit of cushion and I don't know what I did. I think when that happened, I think I like applied for more money with my loan because I'm like, I'm going to need some more to hold me over. I think I did that. I want to say, I don't remember. I don't, I honestly don't remember. Um, but I, I think I added more money to that loan. So, um, I'm working and I'm making no money. Um, it's getting tight for me, you know, paying my rent, paying my regular bills or whatever the case may be. And, um, I was just like, you know what, this test is going to save my life. So 
I, I was preparing for the test, but I was still out here living my life with GPS, going out every weekend, uh, this person's cookout, this person's party, always outside. Um, and in July, I had to take that test. And in July, guess what happens? I failed the test. So here I am. I have failed the test. I did all this preliminary stuff to even apply for the license and I can't apply for the license because I failed the test. I, I'm not working because my teacher's assistant job does not, does not allow me to work in the summertime and I have no income coming in at all. I still have rent, I still have bills. And I'm just like defeated, I'm like frustrated. And I have to wait a certain amount of time in order to take this test again. And then on top of that, retake. I didn't fail the whole test. There were three parts of the test and I failed one portion of the test. So to retake the other two parts of the test, believe me or not, costs more than it, than it costed to take all three tests at once. There was like a bundle deal. So I'm like, dog, now I got to shell out another $200 to take this test. And I got to wait for however long to take this test again. I was, I was frustrated, you know, like I just didn't know what to do. And, um, on top of that, at this time I had a great credit score and I think my car was starting to act funny. Shout out to everybody who remembers my, my light blue Toyota Echo. Cause that was, that's what I was driving and my car started to act funny and I'm like, I want a new car. I don't know what type of idiot I was, idiot, like to be thinking, girl, you don't have no money. You don't have a paycheck coming in. Yes, you have good credit, but why are you going to get a new car? So like a dummy. I went to Navy Federal and I applied for an auto loan. And of course, because I had good credit, I was approved. They were like, yeah, girl, you got $10,000. How much you want? I was like, like 10,000 should be fine. You got $10,000. Okay, go do that. They approved me. It's the middle of the summer. <laughs> Once again, I have no money and I'm car shopping. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna give me a new car. So I got a new car. I got a blue Toyota Camry. I think it was a 2010 and this is 2016. And I was hype. And I was just like, yeah, I got a new car. And I sold my old car. I sold my old car for like $1,300. So in hindsight, that helped me a little bit. Because I think when you get a new car, at least when with Navy Federal, my first payment, I remember my first payment not being due. Even though I got that car in July, my first payment wasn't due until September. So um, I sold my old car. It gave me some cash. And I used that cash to, like, I think catch up on my rent. Because at this point, I might have been back on my rent. Or I just might not have been paying. I actually might not have been behind on rent yet. So I know this story is so long-winded, but it's going somewhere. Um, so I paid my rent and I was okay for a little while. And um, I think my mom was like leaving finally to go to France permanently. And um, before she left, she knew I was struggling. 
and she gave me some money. And what I use that money for? Go party, go hang out with my friends, buy $40 bow tickets. For like, when I just think about the dumb decisions I made during that time, I'm just shaking my head at myself because yes, you have to live life, but sometimes you have to make sacrifices. And at that time, I feel like I was allowing life to choose the sacrifice for me instead of being mature and disciplined enough to choose the sacrifices for myself. And I think that when you do it for yourself, it's called discipline. It is called sacrifice. When life does it for you, it's stupidity. And and you can make yourself feel better by saying it's a sacrifice. But when you could have made the decision yourself or you could have just been smart in the beginning, it's really, it's really stupidity in the end. So that's what I was doing. Every little money I got, I was like, this ain't enough to pay a bill or I'm still going to be behind on this, that, and the third. So let me... um. Let me go to this party. Let me enjoy my life. So things got so bad. Like I want to go more into depth, but like things got so bad to where I think Quietly was still paying rent at this time, but she started to have financial woes as well. And I feel like when you living with somebody who ain't paying rent and they doing their thing, I feel like sometimes if you struggling too, you might even feel like I I, I don't got it either. Like, we just going to have to be behind. But she was not nearly as close to being behind as I was. So during this time, when I tell y'all I did it all, I did it all. Like, once I realized you're in deep-ish, um, I applied for a Discover credit card because I realized that Discover had um, certain parameters where, like, you could get cash back on your card. And I needed cash. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the scamming, not scamming, but the dumb stuff I used to do. I also had a credit card with my bank and back then my credit card with Navy Federal, like they used to let you go way over the limit. Like I could go, I think my limit was like 9,500 and they would let me go to like 11,000 like and they would then they would turn off the card. So what I would do, <laughs> damn, we thank God for growth. What I would do is before I reach that limit, I would go to like um, CVS and I would get gift cards. Um, if I had to buy anybody a gift, cause I I can't I can't I gotta I gotta buy people gifts. If I had to buy anybody a gift, I would get them a gift card and then I would also buy myself like cash gift cards on credit like an idiot but it was literally because I had no cash and I didn't want my credit card to stop on me I couldn't trust it because sometimes it would stop sometimes it wouldn't so I would get like a hundred dollar or two hundred dollars in gift cards and then I would pay for it with my credit card and then I would be like okay if my credit card stops or they block me from using it at least I have these gift cards that I could use for cash in the meantime Lord have mercy. So, um, long story short, um, when stuff got really real, I also like had to get a part-time job at Total Wine. Um, when I tell you hustler of the year, I, I worked at Total Wine for, for a seasonal 
um, I think it was like Thanksgiving or November to January. And I remember even getting that job. I opened a Chase account and I they Chase was having something where like if you opened a checking account and you signed up for direct deposit, you got $300 in cash. And I was like, got to get on it. So I opened a Chase account and I put a little bit of money in it. And then when I got my first check, Shortly soon after, I got $300 from Chase um, for having direct deposit. I took that cash, was using it to pay bills, trying to catch up. Like I told y'all, I had the Discover card. I was pulling cash out so that I was able to pay bills. Then, like, I remember stuff got so crazy. I couldn't pay for, like, something so simple. It was like, I think... Like, I didn't even have no money for groceries. I don't even know. Like, I was so broke. Um, and I had to apply for a line of credit with my bank. And by the, I was crying on the phone while I was doing the application with the lady. I was like, bro, I really have to do this. I need this money. Like, y'all know, um, old girl and set it off when she was crying to Cleo, or I mean, not Cleo, um, Frankie, when Frankie wasn't trying to give her her cut and she was like I need this money um that was me when I was on the phone with the the lady doing my application I was just like I need this I need it it's gonna help me and the lady was like Jernique I'm happy to let you know that you've been approved and I was like only by the grace of God so but look at me it was all these revolving credits and I had to use them because I had to survive and I mean, it was stupid. Um, now I'm not a fan of credit or any of that. But, like, I just had to do that. And I think it got to the point where they took us to court. I'm looking at this letter now, and it looks like they took us to court on, I'm trying to look for the date. It was January 9th, 2017. So a lot of things had kind of happened before this. Like, so I remember my mom knowing that I was struggling. She was like, I'll pay for you because I didn't want to retake my test. And she was like, I'll pay for you to take it again. Um, and she did. And when she did, I, I, right when I was like basically getting kicked out of my apartment, um, she, I found out that I passed the test. Um, but we did get kicked out of that apartment. We had to, we let, we didn't get our security back. Um, and I think I had to pay like $500 or a thousand before we left. Um, cause we were so behind. I mean, we weren't that behind, but I don't know, whatever. They were mad, um, as they should be, um, or should have been. But yeah, so I left that house and I just, I don't know. It, I just now to now where I am. Um, I still got a lot of work to do, but I just think about that year and how much of a struggle it was and the things I was doing to survive, like, and without the help of a lot of my friends, like my, my support system was there for me. I remember Geraldine giving me money. Like I was doing, oh my gosh, um, look at me getting emotional. I was doing some crazy stuff to, to have money. And I remember like, I had to take cash because, like, I have a bank that's not prominent in New Jersey. And um, in order to, like, get money, sometimes I would have to give my friends cash so that they could 
deposit it in their bank and then um and then cash at me the money and i remember one time i gave geraldine cash and i was like can you please put this in my account put this in your account and, and cash app it to me so i could have money in my account and i remember when she sent the money back to me she sent it with like a hundred dollars on top of it and i was like why are you doing this and i tried to send it back to her and um she wouldn't let me. Um, so, like, I remember stuff like that. I remember, like, my friend Tiffany um, giving me money, just sending me random funds out of nowhere. Why? I'm not crying yet, guys. My voice is just shaky. Um, I just remember that time. And it was just, it's just crazy, like, how your life could change, literally. Because after I got kicked out of my um, after, after I got kicked out of that apartment, I received my results on my new praxis test and I passed. And then I applied for my teacher's license and I got it. And literally I had to move, um, I had to move in with one of my mom's friends. She was a single woman. She made really good money. She had just bought a house in Plainfield. So like I rented a room with her for $300 by the grace of God, um, for $300, she let me rent a room and I lived there for, and I think she gave me like the first two months free, which was a blessing. But remember, I'm still making like little to nothing because of that, that, that double pension. So I was really grateful for that $300. Um, and, um, after that, things just started happening. After I passed my test, I applied for my license. I received my license. I think like in March, I started going on, um, I started going on interviews. Um, I went on an interview with a charter school in Plainfield. They offered me that job. Then I went on an interview with Irvington and I, I had to go on an interview with Irvington. Then I had to do a demo lesson and Irvington took, by the time the Plainfield job, Plainfield already offered me the job. So I was taking it. But my coworkers in Irvington just kept saying, just wait, just be patient because Irvington is going to offer you more money. And I was just like, man, I need a job. I'm going to have to take what I could take. So I accepted the job with Plainfield and their hiring process was taking a long time. Like the principal um, was taking a long time to call me back. And by the time she didn't call me back, um, um, and she, 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 she just kept telling me like, I'm waiting for the meeting. I'm waiting for the meeting. And I was like, all right. And then Irvington called me and offered me the job. And, um, I had to call her, the lady in Plainfield and tell her, you know what? I can't take this job. Um, and then like, you know, um, I was driving for Uber at this time as well, trying to get my money up. Not Uber. I was driving for Lyft because it, it helped me a lot like with extra funds like Lyft was the ish um back in the day I drove for Lyft for I think like eight months it was very very helpful um but yeah like that's one of the craziest years of my life that's the story of one of the craziest years of my life but like sometimes God will like really put you through the ringer um, and it could be for a very, uh, a various, 
uh, list of purposes. I feel like I learned so many lessons about credit and not using it um, or not banking on it um, like that, um, which is why I'm working so hard now to get rid of all my consumer debt. I learned not to live above my means and I learned to be like really responsible. I've always been responsible, um, but I feel like I've always been responsible in the in the face or in the opportunity um, in the in the face of abundance, if that makes sense, like in the in the face of security. So when I know I have this coming in, um, when I know I have this coming in. I'm responsible and then I know I could do whatever I want to do with whatever's left over. I feel like I miscalculated a lot and I was really trying to let a surprise, a surprise financial hardship that I did not expect nor did I nor did I not cause on myself. I tried to behave as though it wouldn't affect me and that's where um it got really weird. That's where I made I, I effed up because I should have stopped and said, you know what? I can no longer live a certain way. And I, I it's like I, I didn't want to deal with it. And I was frustrated because I'm like, dog, I didn't do this. It's not like I don't pay my bills. It's not like like all of this just came out of nowhere. I would how would I have known that my check was going to decrease by $400 when I needed it the most? How would I have known that CVS wasn't going to give me a raise and I was going to have to walk away? How would I have known that I wasn't going to pass my test and it was going to take me six to seven more months to become a teacher? Um, so I learned a lot of lessons and I learned, I learned where I'm never going back. I tell you that much. I ain't never going back to that life. But, you know, I look back at that time and I be thinking, damn, it was such a long time ago. And then I be looking back and I be thinking it was such a short time ago. Um, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my story time. That's my TED talk on how <laughs> on how not to f up the game. Um, thank you for listening. Um, but seriously, thank you guys for listening to the This Is Thirty podcast. I ain't really have nothing to talk about. Um, I hope the next time uh, we do a, a episode, um, we know who our president is, um, and you know some things get figured out. You know. And we start holding, you know, Mr. Biden accountable because I read something that Sean King posted and he was like, yo, the fight starts now. And I believe that I feel like we can't get wrapped up in this win. The win is just a placement. It's not the action. We really need to make sure this man comes through. We really need to make sure we let him know that we the ops and we got all our eyes on him. You know, like we're paying attention to everything you do and you cannot mess this up. And don't think you're going to play us this time or don't think that you're going to get um, away with all this um, underhanded nonsense because our eyes are open. We're very vigilant. These are vigilant times. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening to the This Is 30 podcast. I hope you guys have a great week. Um, I hope your Monday and every day after that is it's beautiful and um don't forget to tell a friend don't forget don't remember don't forget yes don't <laughs> don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend 
to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and a friend and a cousin and a sister to listen to the This Is 30 podcast. I'm out.